Are you looking for a new kind of talk show? One that motivates and encourages you to follow your passions? Welcome to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. You'll hear from a variety of guests from all walks of life. Now, here is your host, Eugenia Foxworth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Foxworth Theory, and I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth, and this is my brand new show. It is about art, entertainment, fashion, and business. We will be interviewing people from all over the world, locally, nationally, and internationally. They are the movers and the shakers, and they are going to tell you their stories. Our guest today is J.T. Jenkins, a renowned dancer. But please, we have to take a break and stay with us. We will be back momentarily. こんにちは。友人やフォックスワースです。私のYouTube チャンネル、フォックスワース Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory and our guest, J.T. Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins, I have a question. How did you get started as a dancer? Wow. Uh, you know, I was, um, my parents were very supportive and influential with all my brothers um, in, in just expanding our horizons. And, you know, I grew up listening to Sly and the Family Stone, the Jackson Five, the Temptations, all the early Motown stuff. And we always used to put on little shows in our basement with our cousins and aunts and uncles. And it was just something that always inspired me to, that I just felt the bug of it on both the, the dance side as a choreographer and also as a singer and a musician. And that's how I, my basic start, that's where the spark was. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Vauxhall, New Jersey. Um, I had uh, relatives also in, in Brooklyn, so I would go back and forth between uh, New Jersey and New York. I was always coming into the city at an early age. Um, but our in, my influences came from, from all over the place. I think we were in a, a culturally rich area, um, and that's, what in, and that's, where, that's where I grew up, and that's what inspired me. Okay. And what is your specialty? Jazz, modern, ballet? Um, my, I, I would say between uh, jazz, musical theater, and hip-hop when it comes to, um, to choreography. At this point, I still do uh, contemporary or modern. I do more, um, I kind of cross all of those, of those genres when I teach. Uh, when I'm teaching either at colleges or I was teaching at both uh, Alvin Ailey and at Joffrey Ballet, my main focus was jazz and hip-hop. And where did you train originally? I trained in New York City, um, both at Alvin Ailey at um, uh, Broadway Dance Center, which at that time was called Hines and Hatchet. And my foundation came from a studio called Phil Black's, which was on 50th and Broadway. Uh, 
you know, they stabbed that in that song up the steep and very narrow stairway. That truly yes. was going up to Phil Black's uh, studio. And I remember the first time walking into class with all of these Broadway divas that were in that class. Greg Burge, Hinton Battle, Wayne Salento, um, Erica Gumpel, Irene Cara, just everyone that was working on Broadway was in that class. And it was just it just inspired me so much. And that's where I wanted to be. I love it. I, there's always someone that inspires someone, but it seems as though you have a potpourri of people who inspire you. So yes, now, yeah. yes, how do you ensure uh, that you stay fit, healthy, strong during this period? COVID has been very, um, it well, hasn't been very good for our entertainment world hasn't been good for the dancers. I mean, I walk down the street and I see people singing in store windows at Lincoln Center on the roof of the Empire Hotel during performances. Um, several months ago, I would see them singing uh, on Zoom calls. So how are you staying fit? It's been it's been a challenge and it's um, it has caused all of us to kind of think outside the box. I was um, I was the choreographer on the TV show Godfather of, of Harlem with mm. with uh, Forrest Whitaker and the entire second season. It, you know, the first season was based on a lot of uh, music and, and, and staging and dance. But when COVID hit, the writers and producers pretty much had to rewrite all of those scenes pretty much out of it. So um you know, we lost work on that side, but luckily working um, at City College here in New York City, I'm teaching a class of uh, hip hop and now I'm teaching a class on dance on film. And we thought outside of the box and actually ended up doing uh, creating choreography. That my students were creating choreography from their own homes and we uh, we shot it on, on, on video. They would submit videos and actually came up with a dance concert and where I actually never, ever met the students except online. And it was it was a big success. But that's because you're a phenomenal man. They always say they're phenomenal women, but that is phenomenal. I mean, you had to backtrack, re redo things and then to have a success come out of it. No, I applaud you. Now, unfortunately, we have to get back to you soon. We have to take a break. And we'll be back soon to the uh, Foxworth Theory. Please stay tuned and return. Thank you. Hi, I'm Eugenia Foxworth. Thank you for watching the Foxworth Theory podcast on my YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy what you see and hear. If so, Make sure you hit the like button and follow the channel by clicking onto the subscribe button. By subscribing, you'll get to see this week's video podcast before the audio is streamed elsewhere. So again, like and subscribe to the Foxworth Theory channel. Thank you. For those of you who are just tuning in, you are listening to the Foxworth Theory. 
And our guest today is choreographer, dancer, J.T. Jenkins. Now, what are your thoughts on choreography and videos today? Uh, um, I came from, the, you know, from an old school background um, where it, it was always important about telling a story. And, and to be honest, if you think of the videos that always last, the videos that people will always remember are those that have a foundation of some type of storyline. That's why a video like Thriller or Smooth Criminal will always last rather than something that's in and out really um, quick. So when I, I don't see the, the music videos today as creative as they were back then. And I hate, I don't like sounding like the old man on the lawn, but I, you know, I think the challenge for uh, choreographers and, and directors who are, are shooting music videos is to remember to that dance and movement is supposed to push the story along. It's not just a bunch of steps here and there, um, but you want to do something that moves the story along. Those are the things that make it work. I mean, uh, Revel Alvin Ailey's Revelations was done in 1958 and people still clamor to see that. And that just kind of goes to show you something that's powerful that tells a story is what lasts. And I agree with you because I've seen that so many times. I also like watching Michael Jackson's Thriller. And that has been playing forever, but it just, you know, and if you Halloween, everybody is playing Thriller. Right. Right. If you're in Harlem, they're at the, the um, Plaza, I think a few years ago, Thriller. So and and, and the, the thing about uh, Michael's court, uh, he obviously... He was definitely a student of history, but those early videos, he also had uh, Michael Peters, rest in power, um, was the choreographer. Michael Peters was a, a Broadway-based choreographer. So he knew how to put a theme and a story behind it, and that's what made the difference. And I think that's great. I'm noticing the studio you're in now with the lights. So yeah. <laughs> that, that must be a comfort right now. <laughs> it is. We call, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. This is where other people say, uh, you know, go to theater and they see the stage or they go into a studio. This is kind of like our living room. This is where we, you know, we are, or are where we woodshed. I'm in a studio now. Um, so we're kind of woodshedding here. I'll have a class shortly where we're actually creating something here in class that we'll be presenting at the end of the year. Also. How wonderful. I, I, I hope you keep us tuned as to what, you're going to do, because it's a hop, skip, and jump to City College on Amsterdam Avenue over yeah. there on 136th. You guys rock. Anyway, <laughs> if you were not a choreographer, what would you be? A musician. I, I, you know, I've, I've been, I'm blessed enough to go back and forth between the two. Um, I recently was on tour with D'Angelo. Um, so I've gone back and forth and, and I've been blessed to to have been able to follow the paths that I that I really in, in I really wanted to do. I mean, that's not something that happens for everyone, but you know, I've been able to go back and forth between the two. That is really something. Uh, what instrument do you play now that you brought well, it up? I on stage I sing, but I do play piano, bass and trumpet. I like that. So you're really trained as well. Very, you know, that from your childhood, more or less. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a, a quick story. When I was young, you know, I, I played sports also. And my, my piano teacher's husband used to play bass for Duke Ellington. And he used to give me I was only like nine or ten. And he used to give me handwritten charts done by Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. And at nine and ten, I, I wasn't really paying kind of attention to it. I actually lost those charts, which were invaluable. But when he passed away, my parents made me sit at the window and watch the people that were going to um, his house for the repast. They lived at the end of my parents' block. And my father sat me at that window as the cars went by and his people were getting out. And he said, that's Frank Sinatra. That's Ella Fitzgerald. That's Count Basie. Wow. That's Joe. These are all these people that were going to their house. And at that point, I realized um, you better respect the craft that you're, you're studying and how important it was that this man brought all of those people to come and see him. And that's, that kind of gave me my foundation. So I've always approached, tried to approach it professionally from then on. That is beautiful. Now, at this moment, I would love to continue, but we have to take a short break. And uh, please stay tuned and come back to the Foxworth Theory. Thank you. Soy Eugenia Fosworth, presentadora del podcast de Fosworth Theory Y les deseo a todos unas felices y seguras fiestas Asegúrense de unirse a mí todos los miércoles a las 2 pm horario del este Para The Fosworth Theory Sintonízame en el canal Voice America Party, la red digital Harlem America Y en mi canal de YouTube The Fosworth Theory You are listening to The Fosworth Theory With Eugenia Foxworth Now... Back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory. If you're just tuning in, our guest today is J.T. Jenkins. And boy, does he have a history. Now, J.T., what was it like working with the late, great Prince? Wow. Um, <laughs> another story. I was uh, <laughs> living in uh, California. I was a session musician for Motown. And um, I had gone up. We were doing a session. I don't even remember the artist, but it was, wasn't in uh, Southern California. It was in Northern California near Sausalito. And we were at the studio. And I remember the, all the, the technicians that were running around. And they said um, they were joking and laughing around. They were like, oh, yeah, Warner Brothers signed this new kid. You know, he's supposed to be the next Stevie Wonder and ha, 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 because they call him Prince. So, you know, and they're all laughing. This is the weekend. He came into that studio, played everything that was hanging up on the wall. Like I met him literally the first day he was working on his first album. We kind of um, and he was very quiet and shy. We kind of had a, a, a connection because I knew Patrice Russian and um so we, we kind of kept, we, you know, we had struck up conversation then. And then later on, years later, um, again, I was, doing, <laughs> I was doing a tour for Rick James, working as a roadie when Prince was the opening act. And I, you know, when you're growing up, you always want to, you want your, your parents or your mom or your dad or aunts and uncles and people to be proud of you when you work. Well, Rick was the one tour I never wanted to tell my parents because that was just the craziest tour. And I, 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 I stayed away from his side. I hung with Prince's crew more, more than, um, than anything. And then we just started talking. He 
real, he found out that I was a dancer and choreographer also. So I, I used to work with him doing uh, pirouettes and turns. If you ever saw him turn, he doesn't do spins like Michael, but he used to do literally pirouettes. He used to jump up and do the little double uh, uh, beat with his uh, feet. Um, so I ended up working later on, uh, staging and choreographing both him and the time and, and, and develop wonderful friendships with all of the, uh, all of the Minneapolis crew. Um, Jesse and I, Jesse ended up playing guitar for D'Angelo later. Alan Leeds, who is a legend as a, a tour manager, is a dear friend of mine. Um, and, but that's how it started really on his day one, the first day that he ever went in to record his first album. That is amazing. I've never met him, but I feel close to him for one reason. There was a dance group called the Uptown, it still is, the Uptown Dance Academy. They used to do the Black Nutcracker. And we were told that it was done two years at the Apollo. And we were told that we could not release the, anything to the press that Prince was coming. And you had these little kids that the costume designer did Velcro and they were the trees for the Black Nutcracker. When they went out, they were like four or five-year-olds. The, the Velcro was sticking together. The kids were pulling things over their head. They were trying to help each other off of the floor when they fell because of the Velcro. Prince was watching. However, when he was giving those major donations, he gave a quarter of a million dollars to these little kids. Most of them, you know, they were dancing, but it was just a wonderful opportunity. So I'm sure you experienced things with him that. He always, he always did that. During the height of uh, Purple Rain, he actually went to Lehman College. Height of Purple Rain, he did a, a private concert at Lehman College in the Bronx for, for, the, for kids that were deaf. Um, again, not reported. He just wanted to, to make sure that, he, you know, he's always been uh, philanthropic that way and, and, and always was in giving back. He helped uh, Marva Collins School in Chicago. Um, he helped Tony Braxton. Uh, you know, he's always done a lot of stuff. Um, that's where you, you kind of appreciate um, artists that do things without being in the spotlight. Yes, and, and I think that you have such a rich history. I wish I could talk to you forever, but I have to ask you other questions now. Okay. <laughs> You've also worked with Salt and Pepper, Collar Me Bag, oh, and the Jets. What did you learn from working with these talented artists? Salt and Pepper have a special place in my heart because I was there literally their first choreographer. Um, they are my, those are my babies. I just remember um, Cheryl and Sandy both being really inquisitive about uh, just the business. And as they were trailblazers as women, beside um, uh, M Light, MC Light and, and Latifah um, at, at that time, even Roxanne Shantae also, but, um, you know, they had, to, they had to go through a whole lot of misogynistic men um, and, and yet they, they obviously through their talent, they, they kept through, they, um, they were little, they got caught up early on in the beginning. There was one time we were doing a rehearsal and I was coming in from, uh, Atlantic city, coming back to New York, uh, to rehearse them. And I, and I remember one time I, I knew I was trying to get here on time and I got not one, but two speeding tickets to get up <laughs> here on time. 
And when I got here, they were late. They came like an hour later after that. And I read them the riot act. And I just said, listen, if, if this is something that you want to do, you've got to put the time into it. And, and I was, I was heated first of all, for getting two tickets, but also just, you know, try to um, in, instill on them what was instilled on me about taking, taking this craft seriously. Um, and, and, you know, it did stick. Uh, I remember Cheryl later on with an interview with uh, Donnie Simpson on, on uh, video uh, soul had mentioned that, that moment. Um, but they, uh, they hold a special place there. They were, again, as I said, trailblazers and Dee Dee Spinderella was not the original Spinderella. They had another girl in the group and Herbie Azor was actually in the group. It used to be called the salt and pepper MCs with Herbie uh, Azor. So that was uh, just a little tidbit of information. Wow. This is really rich. This is so, so amazing. Now, now, this is going to be a little touchy. When was your last production? Um, for Well, the last thing I worked on, as I said, was, the, was uh, working with uh, Godfather of Harlem. In the music business with artists, um, the last singing, as I said, was D'Angelo. I also got a chance to choreograph um, Leon Thomas, who people might know him from. Uh, he played Andre in Victorious. Incredible singer, incredible talent on his own. He's actually gone on to win Grammys as a producer. Um, but I, and that's, it's been a while, you know, it's been a minute since um, getting out and, and working with, with artists, but I'm, I'm fine with that because I, what I'm doing now and working with, with um, students from all over the place, I'm, I'm still able to, to, um, to give back in, in, in ways that I can. But you're truly blessed because given COVID, I mean, we, I mean, you're working. I was telling about people in store windows. Right. I mean, but you're working. And I know I saw um, the uh, Godfather of Harlem parts of it. Some of it I was like, ooh, but that <laughs> must have been when you stopped the choreography. But no, I think it's great. And I didn't mean to throw that at you. I just wondered, you know, how long it, had been, I mean, because you haven't missed a beat, really. No, 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 it's still, it's, it's, right, that's the thing, it's, it's still not, you know, the, the, the business has suffered greatly, Um, and what you have found is both, um, not just myself, but there are tons of, of, uh, dance teachers, choreographers, musicians, and artists that have had to think outside the box, as you said before, you've, you've seen so many, uh, musicians that kind of do, um, Zoom shows, Zoom concerts where people come in and, and, you know, they'll they'll pay in Bitcoin or whatever they do. But, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, you you miss that 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 chance and that uh, to to still be an artist. I mean, if, if you're an artist, it, it flows through you, you no matter what. It's just a course of trying to get it out there. It hasn't it definitely has not been easy. Um, I think arts are the last thing to to really get back. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see Broadway. Uh, finally coming uh, back around. Um, LaShawn's is a dear friend of mine to see her getting back out and, and working and her daughters. Um, but it's, it's, it took a lot for, for artists to say, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to maneuver through this? You know, I don't have the audience that I used to have, you know, I'm not going to have the, 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 the uh, finances that, that are coming in, but I still love my craft. 
And I think if, if you if you can weather the storm and continue to feed your craft on the other side, the fruit, you know, you'll bear fruit. It's just, you know, times have changed and we do have to figure out different ways of of, uh, of getting at our, our voices out there. And that's what you're doing. Now, you mentioned uh, that you sang. Um, how was it when you were singing with D'Angelo during that oh, man. period? That was great. Uh, you know, yes? D'Angelo's. Oh, yes. He's an old soul. The, the, you know, the one thing about um, D that was in comparison to a lot of these musicians today is we did everything live and raw. There's so many artists now that half their vocals are in the, you know, they call them stems. Half of them are in the computer. Um, you know, their shows, they have to stick with a certain show because everything is uh, we, we were just we were old school playing it raw, playing it live. Um, he is a, a musician's musician. He is a, another student of history. Um, you know, it, it, it was just a, a great, great experience to sit down and, and, and uh, play. And we would destroy. We were out with um, it was a uh, It was D'Angelo, Mary J. And I'll think of it later on. But yeah, we're, we're, well, it's called half timers. Half of the time you remember and the other half you don't. That's what <laughs> I call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the experience was was great. Um, you know, just again, the, the, the work that we did in rehearsal, just in creating the show, putting it together, the time of frame of, of just being creative in that woodshedding moment was, you know, you, you just really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it. And to my Vanguard brothers and sisters that are out there uh, doing well as, as well, um, Jermaine Holmes, Kendra, um, as I said, Jesse, uh, there's so many people that are, you know, again, they're still out there doing doing their thing as well. Thank you. Now, if you could change anything about your past, what would it be? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't I don't know that I would because I think that in all of the um the lessons learned from um, either mistakes or failures or what made make you stronger. Um, you know, there, there were definite times that I've, and even on decisions where, um, you know, I've had choices of, you know, you go one way or go another. And, you know, I've, 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 I've appreciated my, my choices, you know, it may have cost me something at the end, but at the end of the day, you know, I stand on my reputation, which at, at that the most, important. So I don't know that I would change anything. As I said, I even, you know, the, the, the failures were just as important as any successes because that's what, that's how you grow. You learn from your mistakes and your failures. And I totally agree. I mean, some of the mistakes are, but it seems to me <laughs> that you kept it moving, staying away from uh, one of the entertainers and then staying with Prince. That was a wise choice. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on choreography and videos today? Uh, um, I came from the, you know, from an old school background um, where it, it was always important about telling a story. And, and to be honest, if you think of the videos that, always last, the videos that people will always remember are those that have a foundation of some type of storyline. That's why a video like Thriller or Smooth Criminal 
will always last rather than something that's in and out really um, quick. So when I, I don't see the, the music videos today as creative as they were back then. And I hate, I don't like sounding like the old man on the lawn, but I, you know, I think the challenge for uh, choreographers and, and directors who are, are shooting music videos is to remember to that dance and movement is supposed to push the story along. It's not just a bunch of steps here and there, um, but you want to do something that moves the story along. Those are the things that make it work. I mean, uh, Revel Alvin Ailey's Revelations was done in 1958 and people still clamor to see that. And that just kind of goes to show you something that's powerful that tells a story is what lasts. And I agree with you because I've seen that so many times. I also like watching Michael Jackson's Thriller. And that has been playing forever, but it just, you know, and if you Halloween, everybody is playing Thriller. Right. Right. If you're in Harlem, they're at the, the um, Plaza, I think a few years ago, Thriller. So and and, and the, the thing about uh, Michael's court, uh, he obviously, he was definitely a student of history, but those early videos, he also had uh, Michael Peters, rest in power, um, was the choreographer. Michael Peters was a, a Broadway-based choreographer. So he knew how to put a theme and a story behind it. And that's what made the difference. And I think that's great. I'm noticing the studio you're in now with the lights. So yeah. <laughs> that, that must be a comfort right now. <laughs> it is. We call, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. This is where other people say, uh, you know, go to theater and they see the stage or they go into a studio. This is kind of like our living room. This is where we, you know, we are, or are where we woodshed. I'm in a studio now. Um, so we're kind of woodshedding here. I'll have a class shortly where we're actually creating something here in class that we'll be presenting at the end of the year. Also. How wonderful. I, I, I hope you keep us tuned as to what, you're going to do because it's a hop, skip, and jump to City College on Amsterdam Avenue over yep. there, and 136. You guys rock. Anyway, <laughs> if you were not a choreographer, what would you be? A musician. I, I, you know, I've, I've been. I'm blessed enough to go back and forth between the two. Um, I recently was on tour with D'Angelo. Um, so I've gone back and forth and, and I've been blessed to to have been able to follow the paths that I that I really in, in I really wanted to do. I mean, that's not something that happens for everyone, but you know, my, I've been able to go back and forth between the two. That is really something. Uh, what instrument do you play now that you brought well, it up? I on stage I sing, but I do play piano, bass and trumpet. I like that. So you're really trained as well. Very, you know, that from your childhood, more or less. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, a, a, a quick story. When I was young, you know, I, I, I played sports also. And my, my piano teacher's husband used to play bass for Duke Ellington. And he used to give me, I was only like nine or 10. And he used to give me handwritten charts done by Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. And at nine and 10, I, I wasn't really paying kind of attention to it. I actually lost those charts, which were invaluable. But when he passed away, my parents made me sit at the window and watch the people that were going to um, his house for the repast. They lived at the end of my parents' block. And my father sat me at that window as the cars went by 
and his people were getting out. And he said, that's Frank Sinatra. That's Ella Fitzgerald. That's Count Basie. Wow. That's Joe. These are all these people that were going to their house. And at that point, I realized um, you better respect the craft that you're, you're studying and how important it was that this man brought all of those people to come and see him. And that's, that kind of gave me my foundation. So I've always approach, tried to approach it professionally from then on. That is beautiful. Now, at this moment, I would love to continue, but we have to take a short break. And uh, please stay tuned.大家好，我是尤金尼亚·福克斯·沃斯。常耀明与东部时间每周三下午两点，与我一起收看美国之音综艺频道《哈莱姆美国数字网络》和本YouTube频道的《福克斯·沃斯说事播客》。在节目里，
And my foundation came from a studio called Phil Black's, which was on 50th and Broadway. Uh, you know, they said that in that song, Up the Steep and Very Narrow Stairway. That truly yes. was going up to Phil Black's uh, studio. And I remember the first time walking into class with all of these Broadway divas that were in that class. Greg Burge, Hinton Battle, Wayne Salento, um, Erica Gumpel, Irene Cara, just everyone that was working on Broadway was in that class. And it was just... It just inspired me so much, and that's where I wanted to be. I love it. I, there's always someone that inspires someone, but it seems as though you have a potpourri of people who inspire you. So yes, now, yeah. yes, how do you ensure uh, that you stay fit, healthy, strong during this period? COVID has been very... Um, it well, hasn't been very good for our entertainment world. Hasn't been good for the dancers. I mean, I walk down the street and I see people singing in store windows at Lincoln Center on the roof of the Empire Hotel during performances. Um, several months ago, I would see them singing uh, on Zoom calls. So... How are you staying fit? It's been it's been a challenge, and it's um, it has caused all of us to kind of think outside the box. I was um, I was the choreographer on the TV show Godfather of, of Harlem with mm. with uh, Forrest Whitaker, and the entire second season, it, you know, the first season was based on a lot of uh, music and 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 staging and dance. But when COVID hit, the writers and producers pretty much had to rewrite all of those scenes pretty much out of it. So. Um, you know, we lost work on that side, but luckily working um, at City College here in New York City, I'm teaching a class of uh, hip hop and now I'm teaching a class on dance on film. And we thought outside of the box and actually ended up doing uh, creating choreography. That my students were creating choreography from their own homes and we uh, we shot it on, on, on video. They would submit videos and actually came up with a dance concert and where I actually never, ever met the students except online. And it was it was a big success. But that's because you're a phenomenal man. They <laughs> always say they're phenomenal women, but that is phenomenal. I mean, you had to backtrack, re redo things, and then to have a success come out of it. No, I applaud you. <laughs> that is beautiful. Now, at this moment. I would love to continue, but we have to take a short break. And uh, please stay tuned and come back to the Boxword Theory. I told you I'm new. I almost put the wrong word out there, but it is a Boxword Theory. Thank you. Hi. I'm Eugenia Foxworth. Thank you for watching the Foxworth Theory Podcast on my YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy what you see and hear. If so, make sure you hit the like button and follow the channel by clicking onto the subscribe button. By subscribing, you'll get to see this week's video podcast before the audio is streamed elsewhere. So again, like and subscribe to the Foxworth Theory channel. Thank you.
こんにちは、ユージニアフォックスワースです。私の YouTube チャンネル、フォックスワースセオリーポッドキャストをご覧いただきありがとうございます。もしお楽しみいただけましたら、いいねボタン、チャンネル登録をお願いいたします。チャンネル登録をすると、今週のビデオポッドキャストをライブストリート前にご視聴いただけます。いいねボタン、チャンネル登録をよろしくお願いいたします。ありがとうございます。You are listening to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory. If you're just tuning in, our guest today is JT Jenkins. And boy, does he have a history. Now, JT, what was it like working with the late, great prince? Wow.、Um, <laughs> another story. I was、uh, <laughs> living in、uh, California. I was a session musician for Motown. And、um, I had gone up. We were doing a session. I don't even remember the artist, but it was, wasn't in、uh, Southern California. It was in Northern California near Sausalito. And we were at the studio. And I remember the, all the, the technicians that were running around, and they said、um, they were. Joking and laughing around. They were like, oh, yeah, Warner Brothers signed this new kid. You know, he's supposed to be the next Stevie Wonder. And ha ha ha. Because they call him Prince. So, you know, and they're all laughing. This is the weekend. He came into that studio, played everything that was hanging up on the wall. Like I met him literally the first day he was working on his first album. We kind of,、um, and he was very quiet and shy. We kind of had a, a A connection because I knew Patrice Russian. And、um, so we, we kind of kept, we, you know, we had struck up conversation then. And then later on, years later,、um, again, I was, doing, <laughs> I was doing a tour for Rick James working as a roadie when Prince was the opening act. And I, you know, when you're growing up, you always want to, you want your, your parents or your mom or your dad or aunts and uncles and people to be proud of you when you work. Well, Rick was the one tour I never wanted to tell my parents because that was just the craziest tour. And I, 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 I stayed away from his side. I hung with Prince's crew more, more than,、um, than anything. And then we just started talking. He, real, he found out that I was a dancer and choreographer also. So I, I used to work with him doing、uh, pirouettes and turns. If you ever saw him turn, he doesn't do spins like Michael, but he used to do literally pirouettes. He used to jump up and do the little double uh, uh, beat with his、uh, feet. Um, so, I ended up working later on,、uh, staging and choreographing both him and the time, and, and, and developed wonderful friendships with all of the,、uh, all of the Minneapolis crew.、Um, Jesse and I, Jesse ended up playing guitar for D'Angelo later. Alan Leeds, who is a legend as a, a tour manager, is a dear friend of mine.、Um, and, but that's how it started really on his day one, the first day that he ever went in to record his first album. That is amazing. I've never met him, but I feel close to him for one reason. There was a dance group called the Uptown, it still is, the Uptown Dance Academy. They used to do the Black Nutcracker. And we were told that it was done two years at the Apollo. And we were told that we could not release the, anything to the press that Prince was coming. And you had these little kids. That the costume designer did Velcro and they were the trees for the Black Nutcracker. 
when they went out, they were like four or five year olds. The, the Velcro was sticking together. The kids were pulling things over their head. They were trying to help each other off of the floor when they fell because of the Velcro. Prince was watching. However, when he was giving those major donations, he gave a quarter of a million dollars to these little kids. Most of them, you know, they were dancing, but it was just a wonderful opportunity. So I'm sure you experienced things with him that. He always, he always did that. During the height of uh, Purple Rain, he actually went to Lehman College. Height of Purple Rain, he did a, a private concert at Lehman College in the Bronx for, for, the, for kids that were deaf. Um, again, not reported. He just wanted to, to make sure that, he, you know, he's always been uh, philanthropic that way and, and, and oh, always was and giving back. He helped uh, Marva Collins School in Chicago. Um, he helped Tony Braxton. Uh, you know, he's always done a lot of stuff. Um, that's where you, you kind of appreciate um, artists that do things without being in the spotlight. Yes, and, and I think that you have such a rich history. I wish I could talk to you forever, but I have to ask you other questions now. Okay. <laughs> You've also worked with Salt and Pepper, Collar Me Bag, oh and the Jets. What did you learn from working with these talented artists? Salt and Pepper have a special place in my heart because I was their literally their first choreographer. Um, they are my, those are my babies. I just remember um, Cheryl and Sandy both being really inquisitive about uh, just the business. And as they were trailblazers as women, beside... Um, uh, M Light, MC Light and, and Latifah um, at, at that time, even Roxanne Shantae also, but um, you know, they had, to, they had to go through a whole lot of misogynistic men um, and, and yet they, they obviously through their talent, they, they kept through. They, um, they were little, they got caught up early on in the beginning. There was one time we were doing a rehearsal and I was coming in from uh, Atlantic City, coming back to New York uh, to rehearse them. And I, and I remember one time I, I knew I was trying to get here on time and I got not one, but two speeding tickets to get <laughs> up here on time. And when I got here, they were late. They came like an hour later after that. And I read them the riot act. And I just said, listen, if, if this is something that you want to do, you've got to put the time into it. And, and I was, I was heated first of all, for getting two tickets, but also just, you know, try to, um, instill on them what was instilled on me about taking taking this craft seriously um and and you know it did stick uh, i remember cheryl later on with an interview with uh donnie simpson on on uh, video uh soul had mentioned that that moment um but they uh, they hold a special place there they were again as i said trailblazers and dd spinderella was not the original spinderella you had another girl in the group and herbie Azor was actually in the group. It used to be called the Salt and Pepper MCs with Herbie uh, Azor. So that was uh, just a little tidbit of information. Wow. This is really rich. This is so, so amazing. Now, now this is going to be a little touchy. When was your last production? Um, for, well, the last thing I worked on, as I said, was the, was, uh, working with uh, Godfather of Harlem. In the music business with artists, um, 
the last singing, as I said, was D'Angelo. I also got a chance to choreograph um, Leon Thomas, who people might know him from. Uh, he played Andre in Victorious. Incredible singer, incredible talent on his own. He's actually gone on to win Grammys as a producer. Um, but I, and that's it's been a while. You know, it's been a minute since um, getting out and, and working with with artists. But I'm, I'm fine with that because I what I'm doing now and working with with um, students from all over the place, I'm, I'm still able to to um, to give back in, in, in ways that I can. But you're truly blessed because given COVID, I mean, we, I mean, you're working. I'm just talking about people in store windows. Right. I mean, but you're working. And I know I saw um, the uh, Godfather of Harlem parts of it. Some of it I was like, ooh, but that <laughs> must have been when you stopped the choreography. But no, I think it's great. And I didn't mean to throw that at you i just wondered you know how long it had been i mean because but you haven't missed a beat really no, 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 it's, still, it's, it's right that's the thing it's it's still not you know the 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 business has suffered greatly um and what you have found is both um not just myself but there are tons of, of uh dance teachers choreographers musicians and artists that have had to think outside the box. As you said before, you've, you've seen so many uh, musicians that kind of do um, Zoom shows, Zoom concerts, where people come in and, and you know, they'll, they'll pay in Bitcoin or whatever they do. But, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, you, you miss that, that, that chance and that uh, to, to still be an artist. I mean, if, if you're an artist, it, it flows through you no, you no matter what. It's just a course of trying to get it out there. It, hasn't, it definitely has not been easy. Um, I think arts are the last thing to to really get back. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see Broadway uh, finally coming uh, back around. Um, LaShawn's is a dear friend of mine to see her getting back out and, and working and her daughters. Um, but it's, it's it took a lot for for artists to say, OK, what are we going to do? How are we going to maneuver through this? You know, I don't have the audience that I used to have. You know, I'm not going to have the the the, the, the uh, finances that, that are coming in, but I still love my craft. And I think if, if, you, if you can weather the storm and continue to feed your craft, on the other side, the fruit, you know, you'll bear fruit. It's just, you know, times have changed and we do have to figure out different ways of, of, uh, of getting at our, our voices out there. And that's what you're doing. Now, you mentioned uh, that you sang um, how was it when you were singing with D'Angelo during that oh, period? That was great. Um, you know, yes? D'Angelo. Oh yes, he's a, an old soul. The, the you know the one thing about um, D that was in comparison to a lot of these musicians today is we did everything live and raw. There's so many artists now that half their vocals are in the you know they call them stems. Half of them are in the computer. Um, you know, their shows they have to stick with a certain show because everything is. We, we were just, we were old school playing it raw, playing it live. Um, he is a, a musician's musician. He is a, another student of history. Um, you know, it, it, it was just a, a great, great experience to sit down and, and, and uh, play. And we would destroy, we were out with, um, it was uh, D'Angelo, Mary J, and, um, oh, I can't believe I just forgot her name. Again, the, the, the work that we did 
in rehearsal, just in creating the show, putting it together, the time of frame of, of just being creative in that woodshedding moment was, you know, you, you just really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it. And to my Vanguard brothers and sisters that are out there uh, doing well as, as well, um, Jermaine Holmes, Kendra, um, as I said, Jesse, uh, there's so many people that are, you know, again, they're still out there doing, doing their thing as well. Thank you. Please let me know how we can, how can everyone follow you? We want to follow your journey. We want to know what you're doing. How do we do this? Social media, however. Um, you can find me on, uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at, at, as J-A-Y-T Jenkins. Um, those are pretty much the, the only type of um, uh, uh, social media things that I do. Again, I'm from that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the old school of the old NDAs and all those things where a lot of, you know, I don't have all my business out on the street, which is fine with me. Um, obviously, you can you can also reach me. I'm at um, City College up in, uh, in Sugar Hill at, at CUNY. Um, but for the most part, you can find me, as I said, on, on, on Facebook or, or uh, Instagram. And if, the, if I'm doing any type of shows, I will absolutely reach out and post and let people know. Well, I am pleased. It has been my pleasure listening to you today. And uh, I'm going to be one of your groupies now. <laughs> well, uh, we definitely appreciate um, uh, what anyone that kind of follows us. It's, it's just uh, for any, anyone that is an, an appreciator of the craft of, of uh, dance and music is always welcome to, uh, to join in because that's what the, the journey is. It's really about uh, the love of the of the art um, and the, the the concert that we're doing um, uh, Eugenia is not actually going to be live it's going to be shot and uh, will be presented on uh, either YouTube or, or Vimeo so I will let you guys know so people can see it it'll be oh, done in, in December thank you so much and I want to thank everyone in our audience for joining us and giving me a lift with my new show, The Foxworth Theory. I also would like to thank the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. And you can watch The Foxworth Theory every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you again for joining us. Stay well, be safe, take care. Thank you for listening to the Foxworth Theory. Be sure to join us for new shows every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And the shows are also available on the Harlem America Digital Network. We'll talk again next week.